Hi, it's Dr. David Stanton. I'm the headmaster at Oakdale Academy, and I want to start a two-part uh, podcast here on Paideia Ponderings uh, specific to uh, how we test our schools, not testing, but how we test them, and, and specifically how we assess worldview in both our public schools as well as here in Christian schools. You know, and I'd start with just a little anecdote. I was I was standing at a at a local dance studio once, um, waiting for class to end, uh, where I was going to pick somebody up, and I struck up a conversation with a mom there, and she was talking about some of the things she disagreed with at her daughter's public school. Immediately, though, right away, she said, "But God has her there for a reason." Well, that conversation and so many like it caused me to start thinking if Christian parents convince themselves they made the best decision for their children as they send them to school. They may truly be a light to the world, but do parents know what it means for their children to be subjected to the worldview that is preached from the pulpit of education? Now, let me provide some background and how I fit into this picture if you're new to this podcast. Um, I have taught at a Christian school, uh, several public schools. I was an administrator in a public school, and, and now I'm the, the lead administrator at a classical Christian school. Uh, I've done adjunct work in colleges. And I've, I've kind of covered the, the whole gamut, the whole range here in, in education. You know, and, and many people like myself are born again Bible-believing Christians uh, and have seen or currently see for those working in public schools that public education is absolutely a mission field. Um, they minister and pour their hearts into their students, and for that we should be eternally grateful to them. But there are certainly many more in, in this profession who are not Christians. They firmly believe their mission is to help students and families and to educate them to the best of their teaching abilities. They come into it with altruistic minds in certain ways. Now, the problem comes in that the, the government-run schools of our country, they have a worldview that expounds wonder, goodness of diversity, moral choice, and the rights of individuals is more important than the rights of the rest. And perhaps those are great things to, to wrestle with, but this worldview has shaped our society moved it further away from a Christian worldview over the past few decades. This little in doubt. Now, when education became compulsory and required in America in the late 1800s, the overarching goals were to lay a foundation, as some of those who created that said, to quote, a unique American culture and character that could be used to mold the large number of recent immigrants. So go back to your study of United States history, late 1800s, early 1900s, so post-Civil War as we start to enter into the industrial era, the industrial revolution and age, large number of um, immigration um, waves come into the United States. And now education is compulsory, it's required. So how do we how do we educate everybody? And the, the idea, again, was to mold them, um, these immigrants, into this unique American culture and character. What, that sounds all well-meaning. I mean, who would question creating a truly American culture in that time frame we remember as the melting pot? 
if only, if only it were that straightforward. Mississippi became the final state to pass compulsory education laws in 1918. And at that point, the argument, again, from those who pushed for this compulsory education was that misfit parents became a reason for attendance. With such horrible people raising our children, the government would need to step in and to do the job, allowing teachers and administrators to, and I quote, insulate themselves from the wishes of students and parents, the ultimate consumers of education, and solidify the power of the elite group of educationists for years to come. Because ultimately, the spoken goal of education, once it was compulsory, is that it tells us we need government all the time. It benefits educators, administrators, and politicians much more than the citizens or their children. You know, some people have gone to extremes to show their disdain for compulsory schooling. They said public education is the glue that holds all the ideas together. It's how the ideas are spread to society at large. One might argue public education is, this author said, the greatest evil of all. It may be struck down in one mighty blow before we begin to find ourselves as persons, families, and people again. You know, one of the things, though, that uh, is a large concept in current public education is that it encourages everyone to work hard, to get the highest paying job and career they can. Why? What about having families? That's great. The more kids, the more students in education. Even Notre Dame College, not the University of Notre Dame, Notre Dame College in Ohio notes in its advertising for their education department that the two-paycheck household is the majority in the United States, and busy parents often have limited time to devote to their child's studies. And because of this new dynamic, the teacher must take on an expanded role as an educator. What is that? expanded role? Is it to present a traditional Judeo-Christian model of culture? No, certainly not. Fifteen years ago, the idea of gay marriage was abhorrent to most Americans. Yet today, polls find the majority of Americans support the idea. The Pew Research Center recently updated a poll back from the early 2000s. In the first poll, uh, 20, almost 20 years ago, 57% of Americans opposed gay marriage, 35% supported it. In 2016, just four years ago, 55% of Americans support same-sex marriage and 37 now oppose it. It's the flip. It's the almost exact flip statistically. So where does this change in opinion take place? What is the common bond that ties this new attitude together? One of them must be the majority of Americans form their moral compass as students in school. Back in 2003, 85% of Americans sent their children to public schools. Even with the advent of common core state standards, those who wish to shape the moral future of our country say it is lacking in one area, an idea of debating right and wrong. Christy Fink, who wrote for character.org, said that the new standards could elegantly inform our journey a decade into this new century with a vision of what it means to be educated and prepared for the challenges of a new global society. The missing piece, though, is that Common Core, as Ms. Fink 
continues, falls short on identifying what students need to be like or the dispositions and qualities of character they will need to develop to be well prepared for what it means to be educated in today's world and beyond. In one important way, Common Core does not need a moral curriculum. It already is one. Schools are becoming more and more social service organizations deliver education uh, than schools that only, they, they deliver more than education as opposed to only education. Well, that's what the public school looks like. They present a worldview that is in many ways contrary to a Judeo-Christian worldview. And the average administrator in a government-run school, their life revolves around student discipline, special education meetings, teacher evaluations. Um, they, they would love to tell parents, we, we just want to do education. We want to focus on these critical thinkings, but they're bogged down by all of the bureaucracy and all the things that happen. We offer counseling, food, clothing, support services, home visits, and a listening ear. And again, in and of themselves, many of our educators, most I would even argue, have a, an altruistic mindset to it. And it's, it's wonderful. What a great service to provide. But let's remember, nothing comes for free. With the help of schools comes the involvement of the government, represented by a loving, caring school and its wonderful uh, staff. But your life then revolves and is regulated in just a few of these areas. Immunizations, eye testing, hearing testing, physical exams, concussions, training, verification of employability for students. Um, if you want to get a job at 15, where do you go for a work permit? Your local school. <clears throat> Ensuring students attend school or face truancy charges. Special needs and how the school will guide your child to a bright future. Curriculum, special assemblies on suicide, drug abuse, sexual abuse, a myriad of other social issues. Discipline and how your child should act around others. A multitude of after-school clubs and activities for your child always has something to do at school rather than at home. In other words, schools are providing everything for you. We take care of breakfast and lunch, snacks, and after-school care. It begs the question, what do we teach children? And during the time we have students in our care from ages four or five, and sometimes younger, till at least 18. Well, in the government schools, we teach them everyone is equal. Happiness is a key to success. And to be happy, you must do that which makes you feel happy. We teach you that happiness is more important than how others feel. And if your happiness is infringed upon your rights, outweigh those of everyone else. We teach them not to notice differences, not to accept the status quo, challenge their assumptions and beliefs. They can tell us anything and we won't always have to inform parents. We do all this, by the way, without a formal character education program in public schools. We're simply preparing students for the real world. Put simply, we are training the next generation to have no moral compass other than that which makes them happy and not to judge others if they are happy. We're teaching them to rely completely on the state for everything. Well, is that 
the worldview? Is it total dependence on the state and superiority in, of the state in all things? Absolutely. But it's more than just discerning through that. Because let me ask the question, does God want children in public schools? Certainly some people feel called, as that mother did at that dance studio. But where does a parent have the ability to battle against perhaps what they feel is wrong? When a student sees, hears, learns, and experiences seven hours a day, 35 hours a week, 170 hours a month, 75 hours a month, 180 days a year, compare that to 10 non-sleeping hours daily with parents, subtract activities, sports, dance, youth group, and school gets a substantial amount more time with children than their parents do. Well, that's the point of view from a government-run school. And it's, it's not always a good one if you're truly focused on raising students with a biblical worldview. Can you combat it? Absolutely. Can you still produce fine Bible-believing Christians that come out of public schools? Absolutely. But what does the alternative look like? You know, places like Oakdale, we'd say the alternative is, is better. It's, it's Christian education. But we in Christian education are not immune from this. I hope you tune in next uh, time to part two of testing our schools and looking at a Christian school worldview and testing it as well.